0: Man, it's good to be in here with you guys every week. Absolutely love it. Just dropped a computer on the ground. Um, Hey, man, it's Hey, stuff happens. All right. uh, If you see me wringing my hands during my message, I'm not nervous. Uh, The muscle between my thumb and my pointer finger is cramped like a rock, which is really weird. And it's freaking me out. So I'm just going to keep massaging my hand, and we'll talk about the Bible. And just, I'm just going to just, if I just unconsciously start doing this or something, just ignore me. Um, I'm just in pain. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> when we're we're a, we're a people who are used to having instructions. No matter what you buy, unless it's an Apple product, everything besides an Apple product comes with instructions, right? And they're like, our stuff's so awesome, you don't need instructions. And then you don't know how to use it. Um, everything comes with instructions. I mean, if you, from a drone to like your $10 Walmart Timex, like it's all got an instruction manual tucked in there somehow, some way, with some warnings about like, hey, don't eat it, you know, whatever. But there's, there's, always, there's always instructions. I, I, I don't usually pay a lot of attention to the instructions. I, I, just, I just don't. I'm more of a wing it kind of guy. Um, that doesn't always work out exactly right. You know, sometimes there's some extra pieces left over in the box for me, uh, winging it. Well, yes, this bolt's not needed. <laughs> I hope, Um just going we, bought a, a crib and you had to assemble it and um, we're just winging it because how hard can it, I mean, it's these huge pieces. It's only like six pieces. It can't be that bad. We're putting this stupid thing together and you get it all. And it's like the last thing that's supposed to bolt together does not bolt together. Right, And so I'm going to take the whole thing apart. Then you get the instructions out and you try it again. We did the same thing for the bookshelves in my office. We assembled all these bookshelves. They're standing there. They're fully assembled. And then when it comes time to set the, the shelves on them, the shelves won't fit. Because there's this one thing on all the bookshelves that's on backwards. We had to take all these bookshelves apart, put them all back together again the right way because we just winged it and didn't follow the instructions. We expect to have instructions, but we don't always abide by them. But when we do, it seems to work out. So clearly instructions matter. They're significant to us. We're used to having them. Until it comes to really important things like relationships with other people, and there's no instruction manual. And you just kind of find yourself in these dating relationships with other people, and you don't know what to do, what not to do. There's there's not guidelines. No one hands you a, a manual for dating. And you look in God's Word, and we've talked about this the last several weeks, that dating didn't exist when the Bible came to be. It's not like a, not a thing. Dating is like 150 years old. It's not, it's not a, it's not an old thing. It's it's very, very new. So same way we talked, we said, Hey, the same way that the Bible doesn't talk about astronauts, it doesn't talk about dating because it just wasn't there. So what we're having to do in God's word is we try to figure out dating. We're looking for principles to apply to the way that we're going to enter into these relationships. So we've talked about a lot of things about dating for the last three weeks. we talked about uh, why we date and who we're to date and some, some characteristics that need to be on your list about who you're willing to date, who you're not willing to. And so today is is our last one. And and I just want to give you a a brief, uh, like miniature instruction manual for dating. Just, just three, just three key things that you need to know, uh, and need to do when you date. Eventually you're going to date somebody. Probably, okay, I know most of you no one 's that weird that uh, you 're never going to date anybody, so eventually you 're going to date somebody if you 're not already dating somebody. I want to give you three things for a how to instructiony sort of deal cool we 're going to go pretty quick and we 'll let you uh, flesh this stuff out in your small groups because this is the kind of thing that I think goes a lot better when you 're talking to your peers about how to actually apply this okay so i 'm going to give you some stuff and you guys are going to work through it in your small groups so jumping right into it the the, the, the first of the three things that just for. Principles for dating, how-to for you. The first thing I want you to do is work to get behind the mask. When you're, in, 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 when you're entering into a dating relationship, I want you to work very, very hard to get behind the person that you're dating's mask. We all do this. We all, we all try to pretty ourselves up and try to make ourselves look good, right? Skinny guys like me, we're a little bit baggy shirts, so we don't look quite as skinny, right? Bigger guys who kind of have a gut. You know, ninth grade guys on Instagram, when they got their shirts off, they all flex, they're like, Pff. <laughs> right? And somebody's like, flexing? No. I just always look like that. <laughs> right? We all, we all do that. We have this outward thing we're kind of, we just, you know, we always call it a mask, but we're, we're trying to pretty ourselves up a little bit and try to make ourselves look a little bit better. And you definitely are doing that when you're trying to get somebody to date you. When you first start dating, there's kind of a um, an out, you know the girl always dresses up and then you know goes to college and wears a baggy t-shirt and weird pony bun thing. Like, I just don't care anymore, right? So we, we put on kind of this outward appearance sort of thing that's not always us. But we also do the same thing internally about who we are. We kind of wear a mask about our identity. It's kind of like the the, the gut check for for who you are inside. You kind of so I, th- I think a lot of us will kind of put on a face for our priorities and our values and who we really are when we start a relationship that may or may not be actually true. And that's what I mean behind, by get behind that mask. Peter talks about this in First Thessalonians 2. He's, he's talking to the Thessalonians, Thessalonians that lived in Thessalonica, right? Got it. Um, and he's, he's talking to him. and he's, he's explaining that, hey, when we were there, we were being honest with you. And what he says in Thessalonians 2, he says um, that we did not put on a mask to cover up our greed. And so, I mean, Peter's pointing out that we are people who like to cover up stuff and say, I'm not covering anything up. We were being honest. We really weren't greedy. That's just, that's who we are. We're being, we're being transparent. I think the people that you date a lot of times aren't. They're a whole lot more like the people that Jesus talked about in Matthew 23, Verse 27. Jesus did not have any patience for this whole mask-wearing thing. He didn't have any patience for it whatsoever. And the people that uh, most often he found were wearing that mask and were trying to portray themselves as something they really weren't were called Pharisees. They were the, the super religious of the day. He really didn't like these people very much. This is what he says. He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. That's what we call people who are faking it, right? You hypocrites. For you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanliness. He says, hey, you, you people that are wearing that mask that are hiding what you look like, what's really going on inside of you. And he's talking about it in a spiritual sense. Like those of you who are trying to portray that you're godly, that you're all about this faith, that this is who you really are, but inside it's a nasty like corpse mess. He said, hey, I, I don't have any patience for that. So there's, there's clearly there's, it's a, it's a common occurrence for us to be people who put on a mask and cover up what's really inside of us. So last week we talked about some, some very clear things that need to be on your checklist for people you're willing to date. And the first one being that they're a believer, that they're a Christian, but not just a Christian. They're a what kind of Christian? Growing. So I can say I'm a growing Christian. I can say, hey, man, I'm really actively involved in my church. I go, I go over here. It's somewhere you've never heard of. It's called like Peachtree Church or something. I'm super into it. And yeah, I do my quiet time every day. But in reality, there's no vibrancy. There's no growth. There's nothing going on. I don't want you to take people at face value. I want you to get behind the mask. Because if we're people that are dating with purpose, we've talked about that, right? How we're dating with purpose. We're not just doing this to goof off. We have a, a long-term goal here. If dating is a laboratory for mirrors, and you've got to figure out who people actually are, ask good questions. Have real conversations. Don't just go to the Monaco. Actually get to know the people that you're, in, you're spending time with. And at whatever point you figure out that that's a mask and that person doesn't line up with the criteria that you've set out, you're Done. Done. So the first thing, a how-to of dating, would be uh, don't fall for the gut check. Like, actually get behind the mask and figure out who people are. Okay? Ask good questions. Have good conversations. All right. That's our first one. The second one is this. Uh, it's, you should be writing this down. Write things down. If it's on the screen, write it down. If there's anything else that happens, write it down too. The second thing after get behind the mask is protect each other's hearts. Just say that. Look at that. Man, that's good. Protect each other's hearts. Have you ever known anybody who just got completely obsessed with their boyfriend or girlfriend? They just disappear, right? And if you're if you're outside that cute little like love bubble, um, you get swept away, right? Have you ever been on the outside of that little love bubble? It's really annoying. And then so you got one of your friends starts dating somebody, and they make this little bubble, and all of like creation just disappears in the in the wake of their love, right? You've been outside of that thing. It's, it's annoying, but when you're inside it. If you've been inside that little bubble, it feels like that's exactly what you should be doing, that you should be completely obsessed and infatuated with this person and nothing else should matter to you. In fact, all the music that we listen to, like every love song, it feels like, um, glamorizes this. But they, 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 well, there's always like pop ballads, right, that uh, will glamorize this infatuation, this obsession thing. And really, when you start listening to the words, it's kind of creepy, like that, uh, that Maroon Five Sugar song. This is, what, this is this is one of the lines in the song. Austin pointed this out to me today. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? He says. He says. Uh, when I'm without you, I'm so insecure. So so so. Just, we'll just stop there for a minute. When if, if I'm if I'm away from my girlfriend, I'm just completely insecure because my identity, uh, who I am, my strength, my my. I mean, I'm just, just fall apart. If you like going on vacation, I'm just, dude. I'm done. I'm just gonna stay at my house because I, I don't. Are y'all y'all okay over there? People like keep checking. Up. We'll move. Just scoot this way. You're, you're, I know it's distracting you and it's distracting me. Just scoot like this whole part of the room. Scoot toward me four feet. So front row all the way to the stage. Good. Does that fix it? You're good. Don't like sitting in my lap. It's the dating series. You good? Nobody's getting bit by ants right now? If at any point like a scorpion like Get you, then just get up and sit in the back. Something, you know, okay? Everybody settled over here? You with me yet? I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait on you. Help them pay attention. All right. Good. Okay. We are good? Everybody settled? You people still okay? Anything I need to fix for you? No? Good. All right. So we're all back here together. I'll stop talking to the person sitting next to you. Talk to me. Right. Stay up here. Stay up here. We gotta get through this. Stay up here. Okay. Ants, silly. Okay, so Maroon 5, he's like, when I'm without you, I'm so insecure. And then, then he says this, you are the one thing, and he repeats it, repeats it. You are the one thing, you're the one thing I'm living for. Burr, like, that's weird. It's like, if you break up, you am going to die? That's pathetic. That is not God's intention for your dating relationships. Do y'all remember this? There's this song, that, I asked uh, uh, Luke Simpson and he knew it. So I, I think you're going to know it. It's an old song. We're going to, but it perfectly, there's this video. Let's, that's let's what, let's, is that video up there? If you know this song, I need you to lip dub with me. Okay. That's Leanne Roms. There should be audio. This song. You. Yeah. If I had to live yeah. You, kind of Just listen to the words. this listen to the words of this song. Oh, yeah, sing it. Sing it. You can sing. Because she's gonna jump that's that's just dumb okay and like and like you hear that song how could I live without you you're my you're what you you're like my, my heart my mind my heart my soul or something no you're not you're not my soul weirdo like what you're not even you the holy spirit get out of me. What? Like and and, and there's something about that where you're like you sing that song and you're like in a dating relationship, and you're like, "Yeah, I mean, you're into it and you're like, this completely identifies my relationship, my dating relationship right now. I mean, I would I would literally die without if that's you. If that's you, this section is for you. This section of the of the message is about you. Protect each other's hearts. There's, there's two relationships that you, can, that you can just throw your whole heart into, all right? There's two relationships. It's the two relationships we identified the first week as being the two primary relationships in God's word for us. Those two relationships, dude, you're all in. If you lose one of them, fine, sing the Leanne Rimes song. The first one is your relationship with Jesus Christ. The second is your spouse. The third is not your boyfriend, okay? That's, that's, that's it, you got, you got two relationships that the entirety of your heart can be poured into. But these dating relationships are so tricky, so dangerous, because we've been built with that capacity and desire for companionship, right? So I want you to listen to these, these passages, these, these, two, uh, these two verses um, that are ones two girls and one's to guys, all right? The first one is, is to the women in the room. It's, to, it's Song of Songs. It's in there three times, not just once. Same Bible verse, three different places, Song of Songs. It's in two, seven, three, five, 3, 5, and 8, 4. And this is what it says. Do not awaken love before it's ready. Do not awaken love before it's ready. It's specifically addressed to the women in the room. It's the, it's the wife voice of the Song of Songs uh, ballad. And, and, and she says, two young women... Don't awaken love in your heart before you're ready. And there's a very, there's a very clear reason for this because there's something, um, there's something beautiful and honest about a woman's heart. And it's not intended to be given away multiple times. It's intended to be given away once. It wants to be given away. It wants to have that connection, but it's not designed for that. And so what, what, I get, what I have to see, <laughs> what I have to see in student ministry is girl after girl who keeps giving that heart to somebody hoping that they're gonna cherish it and take care of it like her husband one day should and in the meantime, they just get chunks taken out of it. Don't awaken love before it's, uh, before it's so desired, just so before it's ready. Girls, the, the moment that it's ready is the moment you get married. That's when that fully enveloping, like all in kind of love, that's when that's ready. And in the meantime, your job, your job is to guard your heart from running off and getting away from you. You're guarding it to keep it, keep it with you, keep it protected from that little boy that you're dating, trying to steal a chunk out of it. You're guarding your heart. Guys, your job is to help that process happen. You do not need to be trying to draw a girl into that kind of relationship with you. You're not ready for it. She's not ready for it until the day that you're standing on that altar making a, making a permanent covenant before God and family. All right? Guys, you got your own verse. It's, uh, it's, again, it's Solomon talking to his boys. He says, guys, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. There's something really interesting about guys' hearts. Guys' hearts, um, as much as you probably don't want to say this to your mom or whatever, um, the passions of your heart will drive you. And you will follow your heart in a direction. And if you give that heart to that little girl that you're dating, you will follow her exactly where she's going. That is dangerous for you. That is not God's plan for you. Because God's plan for you is for you to follow Him. So your heart is given to that relationship, not to your dating relationship. So again, guys, your job is to guard that heart and keep it with you, not with your girlfriend. Girls, you gotta help your boys with that because they will fall hopelessly, dumbly, stupidly, writing Leanne Rhyme songs about you and not telling you about it in love with you. You gotta help them out, all right? So collectively, both parties are helping each other at the same time taking care of your own heart. You're guarding your heart because the moment that you're ready to give it away is on that altar that day. Not before. Not before. Don't give your heart away before we're um, just So here's a, here's a way for me to uh, help you evaluate that, um, to kind of figure out if your heart's getting away from you. Your dating relationship should never eclipse your relationship with God. Your dating relationship should never become so intense or so pivotal, so all-encompassing, so identifying, so... Uh, central to your life that it in any way eclipses or infringes upon your relationship with God. So just in your head, if you're dating somebody right now, I just want you to take stock of your relationship with uh, your boyfriend or girlfriend and your relationship with God. And if, if this dating relationship is infringing upon this relationship with Jesus, you got to make some changes. I'm not saying you got to break up, but you got to fix it. That's, that's your metric. That's how you know if you're doing this right or not, if you're guarding your heart well, is if that relationship with God has remained completely and totally primary in your life. If your dating relationship infringes upon that relationship with God, fix it. You gotta step back from this one. And let, it, let it cool off a minute. All right? That's your metric. All right. Third one. Third one. This is gonna be difficult for a different group of people. Third one is ensure purity. Ensure purity. Like Make sure purity is like, preeminent, just ensure it, ensure purity. The Bible is very, very clear. It's very clear about the, uh, the way a sexual relationship should occur and where it's fantastic and a blessing from God and where it is uh, dangerous and will mess you up. It's very, very clear about this. There's, there's, two, there's two verses we're going to look at. The first one is Ephesians 5.3. It says, but among you, there must not be even a hint." Of sexual immorality. There must not be even a hint, a whisper of sexual immorality. So I think a lot of times in dating, um, you, you, you're not dumb people. So you know, you, you at the outset, you're trying to kind of set up some boundaries and, hey, this, 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 all this stuff is obviously out of bounds, and this stuff's okay. But there's this kind of gray area in here, and this might, you know, I mean, that's that's not. I, it's not that bad. I mean, it's, not, it's not the line, the obvious line, but so it's, it's okay. We're okay. And there's, there's kind of a, you, you stretch the line a little bit and step just enough over that there's like that little adrenaline rush thing and, and, it, it, and they're like, oh, I probably should probably not done that. But it's kind of, it's, it's pretty innocent. And there's, there's all of a sudden there's a, a hint of sexual immorality in your dating relationship. Ephesians 5.3, among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality. And here's why. A hint of sexual immorality will lead to sexual morality. If you get to the hint line, you're already past your line. It's a slippery slope from there, so it's just safer to go ahead and set some real boundaries that are going to protect you even from going off the cliff where you don't want to be. So if you stop before hint, you're never going to get out here in the weeds. The second verse says it even more clearly. It's Hebrews 13, 4. It says, first, it says, marriage should be honored by all. Let's stop there just for a second. Marriage should be honored by all. Think with me just for a minute, uh, guys. Um, I want you to think about uh, your future spouse, your future wife. Just like just, you don't know what she looks like or what her name is or whatever. So I want you to imagine your, futures, your future wife for me. Just imagine she's dating somebody right now, because she very well could be. How do you hope that that boyfriend is treating her heart? How do you hope that that boyfriend is um, establishing and maintaining boundaries in that dating relationship? How do you hope that that guy's taking care of your future wife? And you're also imagining what? <laughs> uh, what if he's not? What if your future wife's being taken advantage of or pressured and that makes you angry because someone's not honoring a marriage that doesn't even exist yet? It angers me. When I was dating, it would anger me thinking about someone disrespecting a future marriage that didn't even exist yet. Girls, imagine your future husband and imagine that some girl somewhere in Indiana is messing with your boy's heart and is being manipulative and playing games. Maybe she's pressuring him into some stuff. Does that make you feel good? You don't want nobody messing with your man. Just saying. It, it, it angers you for somebody to dishonor your future marriage. You haven't even got it yet. Marriage should be honored by all. All right, so keep going. And the marriage bed kept pure. That's very clear. It's very clear. When it comes to hint of sexual immorality, um, just imagine uh, your future spouse and their current dating relationship um, and see if that's okay with you. If it's not okay for them, it's not okay for you. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. God's very clear that sexual morality is a sin for us. God is not arbitrary in what he deems to be sinful. So like even like the weird stuff, and like you're reading in Leviticus about how you can't eat meat that's not fully cooked. Well, that's because you're going to get like E. coli and die. All right. Like there's always a purpose for it. It's always best for you. God deems sin to be those things that draw you away from what's best, and He just happens to be the thing that's best for you. He also deems sin to be those things that are going to disrupt and destroy your future marriage. So, those things are deemed sin because it is for your good. It's not trying to keep you out of uh, something that is enjoyable or or, or whatever, It's, it's because it's what's best for you. Do you want your future spouse engaged in those things? And you shouldn't be either honor your future marriage even before it exists the same way you're you're currently expecting other people to honor your future marriage so here's how we're going to do that this is this is my suggestion for how to make that happen because this is very very nebulous when we, we, we let you guys ask questions so i plan some greenhouses and stuff sometimes and one of the ones that i always get every single time in high school greenhouse anyway i always get how do i know how far is too far how do i how do i set boundaries all right Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna think about dating as a trail, like you're walking down a path together. You got your little holding some hands, you're walking down a path. This is, a, there's a picture, let's, let's, let's see our first picture. Well, it's kind of, can't really see that. That's a rock face. This is, this is known as the world's most dangerous trail, all right? Yeah, yeah, our projector needs new bulbs, so that's why we can't see this. Uh, so that's, that's called the world's most dangerous trail, there's some guys. His foot is on basically nothing. That right foot. Alright, go to the go to the next one. I'll give you some perspective. That's how high they are. There's a pile of dead bodies at the bottom. Alright, go to go to the next one. That's the good part of the trail, bro. Like, what are you talk what are you what are you about? That's the good part. There's like a foot, look at it. It's like a foot wide, you're fine. Some like crazy magician nailed that stick in the wall, but you know, whatever. Might've been like a hundred years ago, I'm sure it's fine. It's just been getting rained on a little bit. Not a big deal. Go to the next one. All right, just leave that up there for me. All right, this is called the world's most dangerous trail. It is called the world's most dangerous trail because there is no, uh, there's no room for error. Your dating relationship is very similar to that. If I, I'm, I'm not going to walk on this trail because I'm not an idiot. Um, but the, if, if, if I were going to walk on that trail or any trail like it off a cliff, I, I'm not going unless there's some very clear things separating me from where I'm, what I'm standing on, what I'm walking on, and the abyss, all right? Like, there's got to be some, there's a fence or something. there to be something separating me from uh, walking along nice and smoothly and complete and utter destruction, like being in a pile of bodies at the bottom of a mountain, okay? Those are called guardrails. In your dating relationships, as you're walking along this trail, you've got to have some clear guardrails set up. You've got to have some very clear guardrails. They, I want you and I, mm, And I would still be irritable about that trail if that guardrail was right on the edge. I don't like that. I want to be able to trip over the guardrail and like hit the ground and and have like some rolling space before I fall off that thing. You know what I'm saying? I want you to set that guardrail about six feet off from death. So I got some, some, you know, just in case, right? So as you set up dating relationship uh, guardrails, they don't need to be the line. Like if you, if you, one, one, one mistake past your line is destruction. That does not need to be where your guardrail needs to be. It needs to be back like at the impetus or the starting point of, of the slippery slope that would lead to something crazy. All the way back up there, at the beginning of the slope, the top of the hill, before anything, all this other stuff can go on. So these are Britton Latham's uh, three, um, three guardrail suggestions. All right? Yeah, write that down. Britton Latham's three guardrail suggestions. Number one, always stay vertical. How simple is that? Always stay vertical. Look, look at me. I'm vertical. Look how many things I can't get into being vertical. Always stay vertical. If you're watching, if you're watching Frozen with your girlfriend and you're at your parents' house on the couch, stay vertical. Always stay vertical because it's Britton Latham's guardrail rule for dating number one. Always stay vertical. Don't watch Frozen laying down. Don't do anything laying down. Don't lay down. Always stay vertical. It's a very easy rule always stay vertical. Hey, I'm really sleepy. Great. Go home. <laughs> hey, I'm, my back hurts. Good. Ask your mom to rub it. Go home. <laughs> always stay vertical. Always vertical. It prevents so many bad things, right? It's a good rule. Good. Always stay vertical. Good. Number two, you're going to hate me on this one. Number two, I want you to set a kissing time limit of three seconds. 1 Mississippi, 2 Mississippi, 3 Mississippi. Breathe. Make eye contact. It's a good rule. Uh is 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 kissing for 4 seconds a sin. No. But somewhere some number of seconds either is or is going to lead to something that is and I know three's safe so someone's gonna stop there. You know what I'm saying? In 4 in a, in a 4 yeah. but eventually, if I keep taking on seconds, if I date somebody three years and like every day we add a second, um, we're going to get in trouble eventually. You know what I'm saying? So we're just going to stop at three. Hey, you're really cool. You want to count to three Mississippi again? All right. <laughs> three Mississippi over. Hey, you want some popcorn? Yeah. Let's get some popcorn. See, you're not getting in trouble. If you're vertical, count to three. You're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. The third rule. It's very similar to the rule I have for our trips, which is "Don't make me mad." Covers everything. Third rule for Britton Latham rule of dating is "Don't be an idiot." Dwight Schrute says it's the best advice he ever got. You should all watch The Office. Okay, you, like two people understood what I was talking about just there. Um, that's fun. Those two people loved it. Uh, don't be an idiot. If you know that uh, you and the person that you're dating are going to get in trouble if you guys are home alone, then don't be an idiot. It fixes that. If you know that your parents have a basement that they never come check on you on, and when you go down there, things get a little bit, uh, little bit dicey, don't be an idiot. Just don't go to the basement anymore. Just don't be an idiot. It fixes all sorts of stuff, right? Stay vertical. Kiss three seconds. Don't be an idiot. the, and the fourth one and fifth one and 10,000th one, that's, that's for you to add on your own. You know what's going to get you into trouble. Stop there set set a boundary back far enough we're not going to get in trouble i've taken far too much time far too much time so it is seven thirty. so um i'm going to pray and then the official talkie portion of greenhouse will be over so small group leaders your dismissal is up to you all right so we're going to stay in this room so the chapel commons can just be open uh so find your small group leader leader your dismissal is up to you whatever time you need to dismiss okay ready go